Okay, everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of the Fitness Lab. I am Lockie Inwood, joined by Terence. How are you going today, my brother? Very good, mate. How are you? Yeah, doing awesome too, my friend. And now uh, we've also got Tim on board for this one. How are you going, dude? Good, man. Good. Yourself? Yeah, fucking awesome. Really excited, really happy we've got this one together. Um, so we kind of, obviously, we're just going to sort of fumble through the first bunch, I'm sure, and figure out what we're doing. But we kind of just came up with this idea of um, obviously starting not just a podcast together, but really going deep on fitness and kind of our, our different journeys and how we kind of go through the day, how we exercise, how we like to exercise and everything else. So yeah, pretty keen for this one. So I guess I guess we're still a work in kind of a work in progress, but we're going to be fitness is going to be the goal. The name of the uh, name of the podcast is the Fitness Lab, and then we'll just go through that and I can dig deep into it. Sort of three battlers that are trying to work with our fitness journeys and everything else. So yeah, I'm keen as boys. So let's kick it off, eh? Um, so I reckon we could go into it first. I might ask this first question for you, Terence. Um, what was where? What, what was your fitness journey? How did it start? And I guess what kind of fitness are you into, mate? What do you do to work out? I'll make the, the first point be the fact that I did mention this stuff in the other podcast that we're actually a part of, which is the Clement Ovies podcast. So if you haven't seen that one, definitely check that out. Just search yeah, up the Clement podcast on, uh, on uh, Facebook and you'll find it there on Spotify as well. Um, but basically, yeah, so my fitness journey started in the um, more weight weightlifting area. Um, so just strictly your typical gym kind of gym rat, I guess you could say. Um, you know, just, just going through the movements, nothing really, nothing really interesting later on. Just, it was just a smooth sailing process, nothing too major, you know, just like I said, a typical, a typical strength workout would, is how it would be. Um, but you know, after a while you kind of get, you kind of get to a point where I, it's, I, it's I remember when me and Nick started first training with you, it was like you were just a skinny shredded white, uh, Asian boy, mate. You were, well, like we, knew, I mean, we saw potential in you, my friend. You had, you had, you had <laughs> those genetics to work on. <laughs> I wouldn't say a uh, skinny shredded at that point because, uh, I mean, I've seen some photos back in 2014 <laughs> when I did start. I was um, definitely not shredded. Uh, I had a bit of a chub around me. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was really what I did for, for fitness as far as, you know, my training went, nothing, nothing really exciting there. Uh, did that up until recently, I'd say about 2018, end of 2018, early 2019 is where I, I kind of got over it and I wanted to change. Uh, and that sort of led me to the, to the path that I'm on now, which is more focused on endurance sports and stuff like that. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's, it's a real big change and, you know, Kim obviously knows this firsthand as well because uh, I train with him a lot. Um, he does a lot of that endurance sport as well, so I'm sure he'll he'll let you know his side of things. But um, yeah, that's that's where I am with fitness at the moment. What do you? How, how do you? How do you feel about day by day? Yeah, yeah. So how do you feel about your fitness journey? Uh, talking to me, talking to Timmy. I'm talking to you, mate. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, bro. <laughs> Still ironing everything out. Mine was, I guess, that way. I did eventually go to the gym when I was sort of 14 or 15, but mine started really early. Like my my family was a sporting family from when I can really first remember. Like I was probably two or three-year-old watching the rugby league with my dad and then we sort of got into cricket. That was the first big sport that I started when I was four or five years old. I was such a small kid too and even to this day, like it takes me such a long time to pick things up. So I was like that, that bloody young 
small kid that just tried his best, had that fucking big smile on his face and hooked in every time. So it was definitely, I think cricket was the big sport that I first fell in love with. I played that for nearly 15 years. Last couple of years have actually been, what, 24 now. So I started when I was five. So, yeah, nearly nearly 20 years overall cricket. So it's sort of been my first couple of years not playing it. Um, and then just like most Aussies are, like you love your footy, a little bit of little bit of bloody uh a little bit of tennis, a little bit of golf, but mine mine developed from cricket, mainly team sports. So I was about fourteen or fifteen. I remember when I first started going to the gym with my dad. I actually started going to New Dimensions when I was fourteen, but I don't think it was called New Dimensions. I can't remember. Uh, obviously, off the train line there at sort of Rudy Hill Mount Druitt. I can't remember what it used to be called, but yeah, I first started there at the age of fourteen. I think I went there for six months. Um, my parents then defaulted on the contract. They couldn't pay the money, so I stopped going there. <laughs> stopped going there. And then about 18 months later, I think I started, I'd say it was probably 20, it was probably, if I'm going to be specific, it was probably August uh, 2012. Um, anytime Fitness had just started to peak in Australia. Like there was only, now it's probably one of the biggest chain gyms, gyms in the country, but it was probably yeah, 2012 August. I joined Edmonton. It was probably the second or third gym in the country. And then from there it was sort of, um, it was just kind of going from there, learning. Uh, at that stage, that's when the big bloody um, internet push for fitness was really happening. So I so we sort of caught that wave. I remember my first year, I started yeah. taking a neck into it as well. So we kind of caught like that bro science YouTube fitness wave. And from there, it's sort of, it's definitely fluctuated up and down. And we actually spoke about it on our last po- uh, podcast too. Um, so I kind of had lost interest in that bodybuilding style of training. That was probably five or six years. And now I've gotten back in the martial arts from what I did when I was younger, doing Muay Thai now and doing some more strength um, and interval training styles, still pushing pretty hard, but more of a focus on endurance um, as well as um, building strength, kind of an all-round fitness and not just splitting it up like yeah. that. But, yeah, yeah, I just I've always had it a part of my life and I, I just – yeah, I feel better when I'm doing it and I feel like it's something that's been steady within my life. So, yeah, it started as a team sport and now – now it's sort of more individual sport too. I don't. I don't even watch a lot of team sports like I did when I was a kid. That's amazing. I mean, you can. You can. Which is just which is interesting too because that's kind of yeah, it's yeah. kind of like evolved. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see the similarities in in our and most of us I mean, do. We did grow up, we did grow up uh, not far from each other. You know, always around each other, going to the same schools and stuff. And um, yeah, so it's it's exciting times. You know, like where where this is going. So Tim. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think now is a good time to to introduce Tim and uh, let him say where his fitness journey started. So if you Tim, if you can hear us, yeah, take it away, mate. Yeah, so um, my fitness journey would have started um, probably like uh, when I was in year ten, so that would have been like two thousand eleven. Um, but like before that, I played um, like soccer and stuff on the weekends, but it, it wasn't like very serious or anything. And then um, started like cross country running in school in when I was in year ten. That was sort of the start of it, and I did that for a few years, and then I sort of caught on to the the gym wave as, uh, as well in twenty twelve. Um, but um, I don't know for for probably like four or five years there, like there's a lot of motivation to go to the gym, but it it, it dissipates quite quickly um, when there's no like. Um, sort of goal to work towards and and I didn't really have a goal yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't very um orientated in that way anyway so um Did so that sort of you had a bit of a drop off when high school finished yeah definitely yeah, for like yeah. two two or three years there mm. um 
there was just a massive drop off. And I think that's just like losing the routine of going to school. Um, and also you just like trying to worry about like what you're going to do for work and, you know, are you going to study and all these other things like, yeah. Yeah. And being old enough to drink probably was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And, and like, you still like it was getting to the stage where I'd go to the gym like once or twice a week and there wasn't really anything there wasn't any drive to do anything like I was just like going because I that was what society expected you to yeah. do you know what I mean like I never really stuck with any fitness goal that I wanted to do because it was just everyone went to the gym that's just what people do they go to the gym so um that's probably where mine started was all the way back in um cross country uh so but um, yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't too, even because obviously, I mean, yeah. Go on, go ahead, Lachlan. Yeah, all good, bruv. Um, it's funny because that was that was I kind of went in two waves with it as well. Like when I was younger, it was a team sport, so yeah, it was playing on the weekend. It was kind of my break from school. I especially in my early years of school, I just hated being at school. So it was the thing I looked forward to at the end of the day. And then I stopped kind of having that love for team sport when I realized I wasn't very good at it and I was just wasting my life. So I was like, fuck, I kind of need something else to hook into. The the gym came along and then 100% after that sort of routine of going to school and you kind of, you feel, you don't, you definitely don't evolve out of it. But yeah, you, you kind of are in that mixed headspace of like, oh shit, I can't just, I kind of got to do, I kind of got to figure something else now now and it's it's i mean it's awesome that we kind of go back to it because you realize how important it is and now we're at a point in our life where it's kind of the centerpiece of a lot of what we're doing but it's um even though our journeys are very different they're still they they're still kind of cross paths in kind of very similar ways yeah 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 definitely and i think back then i think the reason why um you know a lot of us maybe felt fitness was you know, really exciting back then is isn't wasn't necessarily because of the the training itself, but because of the culture that it came with. It was a very sociable thing to do. You know, you'd you'd go with your mates and then you'd go train and you'd see other mates there and and then it, you know you'd find yourself just talking on the equipment and then you know that's how the memes come about of mate, are you going to use that piece of equipment or are you just going to text or you're going to talk or whatever you know? But I think it's the culture that came with it as well, which which is what yeah, made it interesting. But then, like once, once you know, eventually you start to grow up, and um, you know, you don't have as big of a circle as you maybe did in high school. You know, people start to drop off, and then that's when it sort of starts to become, you know, a really individually focused kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, you're more, it's more focused yeah, on yeah. your 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 willpower to to show up because you're not going there with mates anymore. You're not going there to socialize, or their culture is gone. So you know, you'll find that at those times is the people who genuinely do like training and, and, and have a purpose for it are the ones that still show up um, and the ones that were just there to socialise and, and and be able to post about it and look cool uh, but not actually train have, have you know, died off. So I think that's that was a big part of it is the culture. It's like an, yeah, an adjustment um, from I think that. that it's like an adjustment yeah, from that external definitely. motivation to internal. Like that's what has to occur next. And that's kind of like a natural part of your kind of uh, maturation as a person as well. Like you kind of evolve into a, a person. You need to find what is going to internally drive you because you can't just call your mate up at 7 o'clock, bro, let's go train. Like that. that's I think when that element leaves as well, you've got to kind of find your reason to, to keep going and keep improving. So, um, yeah it's that's just like yeah that's as i said that's like that natural process of evolving as well 
Yeah. And so with that, I guess it leads us into our next question is, what is fitness to you? And I, obviously, this is an individual thing. Everyone has their own reasons as to why they train and, and what they get out of it. Um, so I think that that'll be a good uh, segue to, to head into. So Tim, since I, I ended up taking the first question, how about you uh, start this one off? What is fitness to you? Well, fitness to me, I think it I think it changes over time. Like for many people, like at one point in time, fitness to me was going to the gym and fitness to me now is, you know, doing the things I do now. Um, but if I'd had to say my current definition would be fitness is doing something energetic that you love. So like fitness is, is – it can be such a large spectrum. Like it can be, you know, dancing, it can be walking, it can be um, riding a bike, it could be swimming. Like it can literally be anything that gets the heart going. And and that's what's so good about it um, is, it, is it can just cater for absolutely anyone. So like fitness is something, doing something you love that's energetic, I would say. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree with you there. Lachlan, what are you thinking like? Yeah, that's a great point. Then that's a beautiful that's a beautiful kind of individual aspect of it as well. Is like it can mean various different things to most people, but it, I think it all comes back to you know the the element of feeling good, um, being proud of something you're doing, and then maybe potentially something yeah. you can push for as well. And fitness for me has always been something that I've I guess I can always um, it's always been like essential element to my life. So I maybe have gone through difficult uh, difficult elements of my life and I even needed to get back into fitness to kind of find that central element and to push forward there or it was something when I wasn't really sure what to do I was like okay if at least if I focus on my own goals I focus on my on the way uh, like even the way I look that might sound superficial but that's always been like a, I'm uh, always been a motivating factor for me is like I wanted to look good because if I look good I feel good so fitness I guess for me and it's a really good question because um, because it's kind of everything. Like it for me, I can honestly say now it's kind of everything. Like I've gone into my a bachelor now of sports and exercise science, and I kind of hesitated towards it for a while because I wasn't really sure. I'm like, this is something I've always kind of done. I didn't know if I wanted to. I just didn't. I didn't. I still you actually, really to be honest, I still actually found that missing. Yeah, it wasn't even that. I actually couldn't commit to it fully, and I actually still to this day don't know why. Um, and maybe it was like, maybe I kind of feel like a little bit, it was like, it was my calling in a sense. And maybe I was like really scared of that because it's like, fuck, if I fail this, well, then I've just failed what I was meant to do. So maybe that's, maybe that's what happened. But yeah, for me, it's just like a, it's the, the most important thing in my life that I do. And, and now it's turned into something that I can actually help people with, um, by yeah. training people or just educating people or just even getting better myself. If, if I can maximize my fitness potential then I can maximize who I am as a person and that kind of is kind of the real meaning of it for me it's not just a sport now it's it's kind of part of my life which is which is amazing that I finally come to that realization yeah no that's that that's that's well that's actually one of my points um so for me fitness is you know the way I see it is it's it's not a hobby for me I mean I think it's more of a lifestyle for me uh because similar to you it's just always been a part of my life and I think it's something, it's like a foundational thing in my life where I always fall back onto that, you know, no matter what situation I may be in, whether it's good or bad. I think fitness, um, you know, obviously literally gets your body moving, um, but it's just, it's a mental thing as well. It it allows me to, you know, 
reset and kind of that's that's with your the mind and the body you know to reset and just kind of start over in a sense um and i think that's the beauty of it for me is the fact that i i have that escape option and not to escape life but just to kind of like essentially place myself in another location let's say and and kind of reset everything and then tackle that that challenge again uh and and be able to give my 100 percent, you know re-energize and everything like that so yeah fitness for me has always been a part of my life and i don't think that'll ever change i think that's one of the things that will always stay the same for me um you know and i and i always try to do new things and and challenge myself and you know constantly push limits so there's a lot of things that have changed in my life in, in just the past six months. Oh, you just got to follow like Terrence on Instagram to know that, mate. You're a bloody workhorse. You could be called <laughs> Dwayne Terrence the Rock Johnson. Mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> but, yeah, he um, goes yeah, hard, so, doesn't he? Yeah, the old. <laughs> so many things have changed in my life, but I don't think that as far as fitness will ever change like that'll always be a part like i might i might stop playing guitar uh, not to say that i have been recently there you go you know but fitness will always be there i don't think i'll ever stop that um and um i guess that perfect segues guys we've just set up this uh question structure perfectly that leads us yeah, into the next put it on one. A team, mate. yeah so what has fitness done for us now we've we've obviously discussed you know where we started what fitness has like what what is fitness to you like we've defined the meaning of what it means to us but now like let's let's delve into the the other side of that and like what has it actually done for us this could be you know not there's no wrong answer here you want to you want to take this one to start yeah you go bruv all right since I'm, I'm i'm the one talking already um so what is fitness done for me um it's done many things you know i think i think fitness has changed me a lot since since I've started to take it seriously, at least, you know, um, as, as we mentioned before, you know, I started my fitness journey years ago, but it was a cultural thing. It was a, it was a, it was just a cool thing to do. Uh, it wasn't only until, you know, I'd say a few years ago where I started to take my training seriously. Um, and that's when I started to really receive the benefits of my training. Cause you know, you only, get the benefits when you put in the work. So you only see the results then. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's changed me as a person, you know. It's really it's really allowed me to mature my mindset. Uh, I think a lot differently than to how I used to think, you know, in my past life, let's say. Um, <laughs> but I'm really proud. I'm really proud. Once you go black, eh? Yeah. I'm really- <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of I'm really proud of how how far I've come with my fitness because you know a big part of it is challenging and pushing limits. I can say so, self-respecting, yeah. It's it, it's it's a tough question that one. For As me someone to who's watched you like, develop, it's fucking yeah, it's inspirational. I know, it is. Mm. Like I know why I I train and stuff like that, and I know it has changed me, but it's just how do I put that into words? Cause I can just say, Oh, you know, oh, I've, I've got a better outlook on life. You know, I've, I've got yeah, a, I've yeah. got, I'm working on my cardio, this, that, but I mean, like, I think that's a hard <laughs> one for me to answer right now. That's what about fair. you? That just means you're still probably in a growing phase, right? Like you're still probably, it's still an evolutionary phase for you. Like you're, you're trying to thrive now. Like for me, it's, 
like purpose, as I just mentioned, but purpose in terms of like, uh, you know, career purpose, what I want to do as I'm older. But I think the ultimate purpose is something to wake up to in the morning and something to have like in the back of my head, like, all right, I've got to do this today. I've got to, I've got to, right, I'm going to fast. So maybe I'll give you like an example day just for like a bit of a off topic. So, all right, so I wake up at eight o'clock. Okay. I'm not going to eat till 12 o'clock today, but I'm still going to go in the gym at nine o'clock and push hard. So I've got to do that. And then from there, what am I going to eat at 12 o'clock? I've got to try to eat clean. And then now I have my gap. I'll eat my gap. I'll snack at four o'clock and then I'll have a big dinner. And I guess I can go into a little bit more of what I'm actually eating, but it kind of, it kind of just gives me like that one, two, three out step outlay of what the rest of the day is doing for me. And then from a career perspective, it's like, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to get qualified. I've got to get this knowledge. I've got to get practical experience because I want to get to a stage where I can teach people. I can, by teach myself, I can teach people. Then eventually I potentially have a business and then go from there. So for me, it's just given me like just a purpose of when I wake up first thing in the morning, all right, this is what I need to do today. And then it's kind of just keeping me accountable too, because that's what I was. That's when. That's when I was really struggling. Is I just didn't have that one thing to do every day, or that one thing that I wanted to do every day. So that's the beautiful thing about it. It's almost given me my life back, which has been, which has been amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I resonate with that a lot. Like um, having having a purpose, like a, a reason to wake up in the morning and and go about your day, and and something to look forward to the next day. It's it's definitely something that um, that's beneficial for every aspect of your life is to have that goal. And once you have that fitness goal, then then you start developing all these other goals, you, like career goals, and you know maybe relationship goals, and then maybe financial goals. And it, it's just something that one thing spurs off another, and it's just yeah. it's it's so um, it's so evident that fitness. Well, not just fitness, but like the physical body is aligned with the mental, the spiritual, all the aspects. So, like once you once you tackle that physical side, like um, having something to do physically, then all the rest fall in line, don't they? Yeah, there's like an underlining sense of achievement. There's like a confidence that you get. Like, all right, if mm. I can do this, I, if I can do this difficult thing, if I can put myself through this amount of kind of controlled chaos this amount of stress then i can go into other elements of my life and kind of build off that and also there's just the sort of the psychological mental uh, benefits of it too like the endorphins that you get and kind of like the the cortisol that your body uses for fuel like that the, the bloody glucose that your body stores in its body um it actually eats away some of that cortisol which is stress and then you can actually feel like you've done a better job so that was actually a big thing for me i, I me and me like when we were training I never, we never trained in the morning, bro. Like the only time I ever got up in the morning was I needed to be somewhere. It was like, all right, we'll train in the night. And those weren't bad workouts. But when you get that first workout in the morning, you just, 50% of that stress just goes because you're just cutting that bullshit that doesn't need to be there. And then you just fucking start the day off clean. That's what I found. There is something just beautiful about training early in the morning, right? I mean, yeah, I yeah. think. I've I've never really been a morning person, and uh, Tim, you know, you know that firsthand. I mean, I, the only reason I've ever really gotten up now that I've been training with Tim is because you know I don't want to be the person. He's on that Jocko Willing schedule, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm coming from a production background, an event production background, where I'm working late nights, early mornings. Yeah. I, late nights, I, bro. <laughs> my training schedule to a point where I'm training with someone that wakes up at three a.m. I mean. 
Forgive me if I'm an owl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you like message him in the morning? Like, get up. Did he ever go through that phase where you had to like go to his house and get him up, or was he? Uh, well, good? see, this is the thing. I I'm that type of person that I I won't. I'm I'm not going to give Tim the opportunity to, to say something like that to me because yeah, you know no, I don't I don't want to get him. I don't want to let him have that satisfaction so yeah. i mean there has been times where i have been late but yeah. i wouldn't say hours late maybe like you know 10 15 yeah. That's a minutes good point late. Too. when there's, i started training um sorry go for it to me i'll, I'll talk in after the, the, there's been a fair few days where there just has <laughs> it's been a no-show <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about the old fucking no-show <laughs> there's been a couple of days where it's like oh yeah i'll yeah, meet you at the good. gym at like five and like eight <laughs> o'clock comes around you're like oh just woke up just woke up sorry, bro. <laughs> Uh, Wait, shit, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Right? I've actually found that. There you go. Yeah, still pretty good. I found that with actually training in um, group classes as well. I didn't like like when I before I moved up to Coffs Harbour. Like I was training in the gym that offered classes, but I didn't didn't like the that element of it. I felt like okay, I, maybe it was just like a pressure thing. It was like accountability. At least if you're training with yourself, you're not letting anyone else down. Um, but then I joined a gym up here that was classes only so you had to be there at a certain time and particularly in the morning ones like you had to get to bed by a certain time and it eventually started for me so I'd just go in I'd probably go go to sleep at like 1am I'd wake up at six o'clock to make it to a seven o'clock class I'd be tired I'd feel like shit but I'd get in there and that was kind of the first step and then I felt like all right I can either keep doing that and bloody nudge my way in or I can actually go to bed a bit earlier I can wake up I can go in there I can go in there early I can warm up I can have a coffee and feel good to go so that's kind of created like another good habit but that almost class element for me which I used to think that I despised was actually almost the best thing I've done because it was like just that accountability that I needed to kind of get back on the right track so yeah that's well, the that, same thing yeah. mm. that that's right isn't it because when you have the accountability when you have a class there's a clear outline of when you succeed and when you fail at that task like if you're not there then you've failed but if you get there you succeed where if you're working out by yourself and you're you're only holding yourself accountable you can just change that goal you can be like oh well yeah. you know I, I can fit it in this afternoon i'll do it this afternoon but then this afternoon comes around you oh you know a bit 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 tired this afternoon i've had a hard yeah. day maybe, maybe i'll do it tomorrow i'll just push the workouts forward a day or so so yeah that's that's why i think that it's so scary to jump in and have that defined schedule or accountability of the classes uh, is because it's that clear clear statement of when you have actually failed or you, you you've been too lazy to do something yeah and you've got a really good trainer like i had a really good trainer up here that if i was ever late or i didn't show up like he'd be messaging me like what the fuck are you doing like, mm. what, like in, in a way that i needed it like people are different like you can't just you might have a, a person that you're training with and if you go hey, what the f are you doing and they never show up so like you've got to he knew who i was and i needed that little push so that's a hundred percent yeah well there's like some people out there who need that need that drive and need that external push to to get them up and do something where um like i think to start with that's that's really good um but i think the end goal is to be able to develop the discipline to be able to do it by yourself like whether there's no one there whether whether anyone's watching you or not to be able to get up and and get to work that's right even even Tessa, you did the hundred days of sweat. Like that was that was yeah. obviously your you had to kind of be accountable for yourself, but that was pretty legit. Like hundred days straight, mate. Well, yeah. I actually um, went through your story the other day, and I actually clicked through every single story and just to check it all out. No, nah, well, I mean, you clearly didn't look as. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's <laughs> about 30 stories, but that's still not bad. <laughs> I, I, definitely, I definitely miss some days. And, um, you know, some of them were out of my control. And some, of them, some of them were in my control where I could have got my ass up and gone. But that's it's a funny thing, though. It's, it's you know, we're on the topic of, like, you know, accountability and that kind of stuff and, you know, having someone there to train with and whatnot. And, you know, it was really me just doing that 100-day challenge. I just set, set that as a challenge by myself. You know, I actually got inspired by a group of guys on YouTube called Yes Theory. Um, that, and that's their motto, that everything they do is, is surrounded by that idea of, you know, saying yes to opportunities and experiences and stuff like that and challenges and whatnot. So, you know, that's the reason why I ended up doing that 100 Days of Sweat. Um, but because I was only myself doing it, I didn't really have anyone there to kind of keep me accountable. I mean, sure. Anik was sure. great. Anik was great, but he wasn't really doing it with me. So, like, I, I knew that I could still always bend the rules a little bit, this, that, um, which which made my the end result still great. I still completed it. If I did miss a day, I would just extend, you know, the total day just to make up for whatever I missed. So you made um, sure you still did 100 over Yeah, I still, I still did 100, but I didn't do it within 100 days, like not consecutively. Like I might have missed a day because of whatever reason or just not gone for whatever reason. Um, but I always made sure that I got that day in the, the next day or the next whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole different ballgame when you're on your like Beating yourself. Mm. It's a and whole like giving yourself something to do. Yeah, as medial as it might sound, like it's that kind of practical um, component of actually just getting it done, um, whether you feel like it or not or whether you want to do it or not, just forcing yourself to get up and, just go in a bat. Just you might not feel like it, but just go in a bat, and that that's literally bleeds into every other area of your life. Like it's that's kind of the attitude that I guess I had coming out of high school, and when I was younger, was like that, just that naivety, and I thought like things were going to come to me easy. Like as a kid, you can kind of do things that you wanted to and not that you want to do, and then that's what I had to come to terms with. Is like no, you've got to kind of make that path for yourself, um, and that's what kind of the difficult elements and the enjoyable elements of fitness has done for me so allowed me to kind of figure that out um mm. and certainly still learning from it every day and you can't you've got to keep yourself honest too and even what we're going through right now has kind of been like a little bit of a reminder that like now i don't have my classes on now it's been a little bit of a check i've had to go back into what i'm doing but slowly i'm coming around to kind of just change my mindset like this is the opportunity this is what we're presented with like it sucks obviously but you can either look at it like it sucks and this this is terrible or whatever else and you just go this is the hand that we've all been dealt fucking move on get it done. yeah and, yeah sorry go on tim i was gonna say so so what are you what are your fitness goals now for like the rest of the year being there like your classes and things have changed yeah that's a great point and obviously we're we're holding breath from our end like we are a smaller gym we own we operate 20 to 30 people the last few months i've actually started taking those classes myself like i went from um i actually joined the gym in august of 2018 and then in february i actually started taking a few classes like actually teaching them so that was a really kind of that was a really cool kind of accomplishment that i had but we've obviously been thrown a spanner in the work so we've started doing one-on-one pts now and we do sort of a little bit of an online element so it's still touch and go for sure in terms of the actual business um but for me i one of my goals like i i kind of at the at the who was it i can't remember but i wrote down sort of like five goals i had for this year five goals i had for the next five years and five goals i had for the next 10 years 
Um, and there was a few different ones that I had for this year outside of my outside of fitness. But one of my fitness ones was actually to have an amateur kickboxing fight by the end of this year. And uh, obviously, in the last few months, I've found out some of the best news in, that I've obviously ever had. I'm finding out I'm actually having a kid. So that might have been derailed for now. But so like my goal is to still, if things kind of come clear by the end of the year, even if I'm not technically ready like I should be, it's kind of like that just going and do it like when when you fight amateur like you still have the potential to get hurt but you're you've got a mouth guard obviously you've got a headgear you've got big gloves and everything else so you're probably not at my weight too i'm about 70 kilos you're probably not going to get you're not going to face some big bloke that's 100 kgs so that's kind of what i'm looking at now so when i go into the gym now i still do my stretches i still do my my kettlebells my whatever else i'm doing but i spend even when when i'm not wanting to hit the bag or do technically stuff i spend 20 minutes just kicking the bag 20 minutes just throwing straight punches so for me right now it's just about becoming a better technical uh, martial artist or kickboxer and that'll correlate not just into a fighting element but it'll correlate into being able to um teach better as well because there's one thing to be able to do it and particularly when you're teaching someone like an art form I actually, it was like a rude awakening for me. I'm like, it's like, it's like, it's so difficult. Like, I have hands up, throw the punch straight, like everything else. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now is kind of just becoming a better technical kickboxer. Now that I've kind of got my rough idea of kind of how to move my body and everything else. What about you? Yeah. Man? Oh, well, that's well, just touching on your topic still there. That's that's the good thing. Where we something you can take out of these situations is technique doesn't really require too much of anything like you can work on technique by yourself most of the time and like all you really need in your case is a bag um and you can still make like leaps and bounds in your journey well that's right even now if i'm cooking dinner i'll just be bloody shadow boxing the air like a freaking crazed criminal i need to stop doing it in public i might get arrested (laughs) but yeah that's it it's just like that yeah it's just being accustomed to it and that's it like i've got a bag so i can just hit it and um yeah it's just about refining that sort of yeah that discipline yeah so um well my ones well i had a uh, triathlon uh, olympic distance triathlon which is like uh in the medium range distance uh i had that one planned for next month but obviously that's been postponed how far um, is that for running swimming and um and bike riding so olympic distance is a 1.5k swim a 40k cycle and then a 10k run and so like a triathlon they're all consecutive one after the other yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah that, that that was that was going good um but yeah obviously that got postponed so i think they're going to reschedule it for the end of the year probably like september or october um i'm probably thinking it will be october um but in september there's a um half ironman triathlon um which is a 1.9k swim a 90k cycle and a 21k run um so that was like the other triathlon i wanted to do this year um, hopefully that still goes ahead. That's at the end of September, so it's still yeah. in the bracket where people Short are recovery pretty, window. Pretty, if you do both of them, yeah. Well, the the other ones, the other one, you only need like maybe like a couple of days to recover. Um, sure, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Like maybe like two or three days, and you'd probably be right to start like picking stuff back up again. Um, it's it's not too bad, especially like where I am now in my fitness level. The Olympic distance isn't like too much of a um, toll on the body. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so you've obviously come a long way. Yeah, but in the winter time, because we don't do triathlons in the winter, usually that's like duathlons or something like that. Um, but I, I've lent more towards running in winter. Um, so like um, marathons and ultra marathons. So um, last year I done a 50K ultra marathon 
and um, this year I wanted to do a hundred k, and that's at the end of July. So um, that's what I'm. That's what I changed my training schedule for at the moment. So hopefully that still goes ahead. Um, because, yeah, yeah that's still up in the air, of course. Like what's a, a regular marathon's forty two k's, isn't it? So yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's that's uh, getting into bloody David Goggins territory there, baby steps. But uh, the pain is real. How long would how long would fifty would you predict fifty k's to take you? I did fifty k last year. Um, yeah, okay. So last year it took me just under six hours, but I had an injury. Uh, six six k's in, I had an injury where I couldn't use my right leg. Um, so I so <laughs> I had to injury. <laughs> yeah. So um so I just ran it on my left leg with a walking yeah. pole for this my. Is turning right out leg. into a perfect wow. David Goggins story. Yeah, yeah start that's to it. That's it. stay yeah. hard, baby. <laughs> struggled my way to the end of that, but I still still beat my like overall goal time, which was six hours. So um, wow. if if I didn't have the injury, I probably I think I would have broke the the fi- the five hour mark. Um, yeah. But this year I'm doing a hundred k. It's actually I think it's a hundred and eight k. I'd like to do that in about twelve hours. Um, twelve hours, yep. So where's that? That's up at Port Macquarie. Okay. Yeah, nice. Only so, a couple of hours from me, mate. Might have to yeah. come in to you one. Yeah, not too far from you. Yeah, so. brilliant. Um, but yeah, so what about what about you, Terence? What are, what are you up to? Um, well, similar to you, of course, uh, in the triathlon world at the moment. Uh, loving it so far. Um, like you said, um, most events at this stage have been postponed or completely cancelled, which is a shame. Um, especially for that type of thing. I mean, it's similar with people doing bodybuilding shows and whatnot. You know, you've 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 set this period of time where it's all going to be training, and you've kind of worked out how your schedule is going to be, and and then you're hit with something like this where the event isn't going ahead, and now you're like, okay, well, what do I do? Um, and it's just really adapting to that. Bodybuilding can kind of be transferred it. through needles, can it? Nah. <laughs> Um, I don't really know what it's you're like. It's like a little bit about. of a holding pattern, eh? Like you kind of know what you're. Nah, I was just calling shit. You got to ignore stuff. <laughs> but no, that's it's interesting, right? Because you had you had those goals. So you you were speaking to me about it last time, but you went from basically doing virtually no swimming, not a lot of running, and a little bit of bike riding to jumping straight in and signing in signing up to a well, yeah, that, one, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought, you know, I got to a point where I was like, I'm sick of this, you know, like I've read all these books of these people that I look up to and whatnot, and they're always preaching about this stuff. And I I thought it was about time. I thought this was the year, you know, all these past years have been just me absorbing all this knowledge. And I was like, 2020 is going to be the year of execution. And ever since 2020 has started, as dark as it is, because of all the things that have happened in the world, You know, for me personally and my personal journey, it's been great because I've been trying to execute everything that I've said I was going to. Um, and that's with fitness and that's with everything outside of that as well. But obviously, like I said, going back to it, um, with my fitness and all my training, I had a schedule and, and everything was perfect. Everything was going well. I was making progress. Signed up for the triathlon. And as you know, Tim mentioned, it's three disciplines, you know, swim, bike and, and run. Uh, and you know, I never, I never swam a 25 meter pool. I, I could, I couldn't even float to be quite honest with you. I can't even really float right now, but I can swim. <laughs> once I'm so like, yeah. it was a really, so it was a real yeah. challenge, you know, like, you know, uh, Tim was coaching me through it all. And, and, you know, it's a shame that I can't get in the water anytime soon because I got to a point recently where I was, I was getting in the rhythm and 
with swimming, it's very technique focused. You know, you kind of you got to be in the water in order to make progress. Yeah. It's yeah. you can do things outside on dry land, but you know, to really make swimming progress, you need to be in the water doing it. And I got to a point where I was getting 200, 300 meter laps. And then that's about the time where everything started to shut down. And, you know, my progress from from swimming at least stopped, you know, thankfully I'm able to still run and I'm able, able to still cycle. But as far as the swimming aspect, that's completely stopped right now, um, which is a shame, you know, but as all things, we adapt and, you know, now I can't go down that bloody war again, but mate. Or- yeah, now I've been focused on, on <laughs> the running side of things, and I've also been enjoying a lot of my cycling as well. So, you know, I I could I think I can still cycle outdoors. You just can't be in in large groups. So I could probably still cycle outside, but at least as of recently, I've been cycling indoors, and you know that's that's been really great. Sweating it out. There's nothing like sweating. You know, it just it feels so good. So. That and running that has been be well where I'm at right now. And, and, and I've been working a lot on, you know, my flexibility and mobility because those have been some of my weaknesses. Like I've had... It's a great time to do it, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's been so terrible. Like I didn't... Before I started really focusing on that stuff, you know, I thought I was fine. And then, you know, I, I started doing it and I realized just how stiff I was. So, you know, that's a real big goal of mine this year is to really increase my flexibility and my, my mobility of all like joints and, and, you know, my muscular stuff. So yeah, it's just, I mean, you could get into the scientific areas of it, but I mean, I won't be bothered. Uh, I don't want to embarrass myself like that. So it's, it's, it's probably worth the mention <laughs> that like, Gross even, life, even though we have all these goals for 2020 and I'm sure many people out there have like, um, fitness orientated goals. It, it It's not so much the goal that's, that's the big thing it's like it's the person you become like there's those quotes out there it's like the person you become throughout the goal like that that's what's the biggest thing like getting all the positivity from like achieving your weekly goals rather than that one event like finishing an event yeah it's a good feeling but when you look back it's a better feeling knowing that you put like days and weeks worth of like quality work in and you look back at it and you're like like wow like I, I, I did that. Like I was able to, you know, hold this energy and this effort and this discipline for like, you know, however long, whether it's four weeks, eight weeks, 12, whatever it is, you know, it's that, that, that's, that's the better part of it. Not actually the goal itself. Yeah. 100%. Well, yeah, the, the character yeah, that you build. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. The small wins, you know, you got to focus on those small wins. Yeah. Well, that, that's it because like there's two sorts of reward systems that come in play. It's like your consumatory reward, which is like when obviously like, you know, you eat something, you feel good, but then it goes away, but then you get your goal pursuit emotion, which is like you can, you, you get positive emotion from when you see you're working towards a goal. And, and that's what doing this week in, week out of, you know, trying to achieve a fitness goal, you, you get that positive emotion and it uplifts you. Um, so that's, that's why like, you know, like if you've, if you've got a goal of, I want to, I want to run three times this week and you finish your three runs, like how good do you feel? You're like, Oh man, I got like everything I wanted to do done this week. Like, you feel so good about yourself, and yeah. so that's that that's that's why you see a lot of people who are so fitness orientated um, are so happy at the same time. Yeah, most definitely, and it's the and that's kind of a kind of a by a way to be successful in most other elements of your life is like by 
taking it a day at a time by getting those small victories, whether it's in business or whether even it's a relationship as well, um, and just by doing the things or being evolving to the person that you need to be. Like you've got to go through a lot of hardship. You've got to do a lot of things that you don't like um, in order to get better and order to progress, and you can't just skip to the end. You can't just sign up for that one event or go into that one contest and then hope, hope everything's going to be all right because it won't. But the person, 100%, the person you become by – doing those small little wins is ultimately the person that like that's what keeps that's what real purpose is about that's what fitness is all about is it gives you that 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 meaning that like hey shit i can do it if i actually apply myself i can do it i actually had a question for you guys as well something that i've really struggled with um from a running standpoint so a couple of years ago when i moved up to cops i started up here and I, my goal was to run 10ks um, so we have a running festival up here in September and I only ended up making it to 5Ks. Um, I'm a little bitch. But <laughs> but for me, like I went from not running at all, I found it so difficult. I found like there was such a physical toll on my body that like even when I stretched, even when I took days off, I just couldn't I couldn't get past the initial barrier of like I'd go out and my feet had hurt, my knees had hurt. I'm just going, this is fucking unbearable. Is there is there truth to the is there truth to the idea that maybe some people are built for running and some people aren't, or is there like little techniques and strategies that you've picked up on the way that have helped you go from being able to run five k's to ten k's, being able to do ten k's to being uh, on? Because running's been my weakness for as long as I can remember. You've got something to say, Terence? Well, I'll, I'll let you take this. You take this one because you seem more experienced in this area. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd probably say that probably not. Like um, I don't because when you when you start talking about sore knees and sore feet and everything like that, that's just your body's mechanics not working properly. Like we're meant to run. Like yeah. uh, you look yeah. back through history. Like we're natural born runners. Um, the ability to move the way we do, regulate the way we do, like through like um, our breathing, our um, sweating, and everything else like that. Like we are born to run literally and it's just the body body mechanics like the shoes you wear um play like such a big part in how you run it's ridiculous um the way you sit how much you sit everything like that it all plays a big part but um there's definitely things you can do like you can work on technique um which it's just like sort of swimming like Running, if you stack everything the way it should be, it won't hurt you. But if things aren't sitting in the right places and the wrong muscles are being recruited, your wrong joints are getting too much pressure put through them. Um, Because don't get me wrong, like running in general, even if your technique and everything is down, you know, perfect, um, there is a big load on the body. Like it it does take a big load on the body, but it's not to the point where like – you're going to be breaking your body down beyond repair. You can definitely repair it and keep going. Um, so, like this week, I've been doing more running than I have been because it's it's a new training block, um, and you just got to keep up with your um, recovery. Like like you said, you do your stretching. Um, I do a lot of like strengthening exercises as well to strengthen weak areas that aren't activated when I run. Um, but there was this cool thing I heard once was there's no um, there's no improper alignment. There's just poor preparation, which is like seems a little bit obtuse when you think about it. But um, 
they've got a point. It's like you can prepare your body to be in any situation. So like for you in that case, it's just you hadn't prepared your body in the way it needed to be to be able to move the way it needed to. Um, so, yeah, no, like maybe some people do lean towards other sports. Um, like say, for instance, myself, I probably lean more towards endurance-based sports because that's what my physique is like rather than like bodybuilding or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely things you can do. and But there's also like little things is like if you're going for runs, overshooting, overshooting is a big thing. Like people go out and they just like smash themselves. Yeah, um, yeah, you yeah. bet you're better off going out and like taking it really easy. You'll make more progress that way than you will. If you go out and like kill yourself every session, like you just have to ask Terrence, like I schedule in, in our running schedules, like days where you just go for like easy runs that are so easy that it feels like you're doing nothing. Doing nothing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're okay at a time or you're just running at a pace where you in, during that time, you're obviously focusing. There's obviously a mental element to running, but you're you're probably just honing in on that technique as well as like the breath every two steps or making sure that you're landing on your heels and kind of tidying everything up, just like swimming, I'd imagine as well. You're just tidying everything up. So when you do go out hard, I think that's what I did too. I was just like, I just, I was chasing that feeling. I was chasing like that, that run as high. I was like, fuck, I've got to go and just fucking go as hard yeah. as I can, fucking push through and yeah, not smart. because. Like there's even just what you said there is like landing on your heels. That's like incredibly bad for running, like yeah. really bad uh, because your ankle provides another layer of suspension in, in, the, in the chain. And if you're landing on your heel, all that force is going straight up to your knee. It's yeah. not passing through anywhere else. I meant to uh, say balls of your feet. Not not sure. Yeah, Maybe oh, that's okay. my problem. Right. Yeah. Running on the yeah. hill. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there you go. Um, but, but yeah, that's exactly right. If you if you're running, if you're going out and you and you're just smashing yourself, you can't focus enough on like building the right technique, the right you know stride, um, the right gait, the right you know cadence, everything like that. So if you just go out and Honestly, like there's a couple of runs I do a week where I I can just breathe through my nose. I'm working that little, like it's sure, probably sure. like yeah. just past a brisk walk nearly, um, and that just allows you, yeah, just to focus on like getting everything in the right alignment to move properly. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And in regards to your yeah. longer runs, particularly if you're looking at doing a competition or you're wanting to go 100%, what do you – or did you have anything to add? Sorry, Terrence? No, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, everything that you guys were just talking about is so relatable for me because, I mean, Tim knows this firsthand since I train with him quite closely and I keep saying that because I really do. Um, my running specifically, you know, has has improved a lot, I can say that, but – everything that you're saying you were experiencing, you know, the pain and all that I was experiencing as well. And I still do experience. And it's just a matter of, you know, making sure you get in that right recovery. And, you know, I had, I had certain points where like maybe my glutes weren't firing as they should. And that meant that another uh, muscle group had to compensate for that or whatever. And, and it's just, it's, it's the whole, you know, the, the mechanics of the body, as Tim was saying, um, and making sure that it's all working correctly and together. Uh, in order to avoid those kinds of injuries and stuff like that. So, no, I just thought uh, that's all I wanted to really say. When, when you're training like a bodybuilding split style, sometimes you do, you might favor a certain workout or favor exercises more than others and then you don't actually realize until you do something else how much of an imbalance that you might have created. 
Mm. So you might be like really quad heavy or, yeah, it's, um, you might, yeah, your, your knees might not be, yeah. So it's just, it's, that, that's a beautiful thing about running. It's such a basic exercise, but it kind of let, it's an honesty checker. It's all let you know what's up. Like, you know, almost straight away, <laughs> your fucking back is sore. It's like, oh, brother, you need to be, need to be stretching more. And what I was going to ask too was about like your bigger runs or particularly when you're going into a competition phase, like what, what, what's your focus nutritionally? Do you, do you find that you carb load a few days before? Are you eating a little bit more? Are you eating more fats? Like what do you do in terms of your food consumption, particularly if you're gearing up for like a big event or a big run, for example? You, to me or to Terrence? To you. Um, yeah, so once again, this is like a, a, a rabbit hole. Um, yeah, and yeah. It's probably like a, something that is can be based individually on how your body takes to things. But um with endurance endurance work you you need to develop the ability to consume fats really well because you can only store like a couple of hundred grams worth of carbohydrates in your yeah, body anyway right. yeah. and so they get used quite quickly as well so and especially if you're like safe it's like a long so an ultra marathon is usually held in like a trail environment. So there's like hills and undulating surfaces and things. So you use a lot of um, carbohydrates on those like high intensity, um, you know, going up and down hills and things like that. Um, so you have to really develop the ability to process and use fats really well. So my diet is probably 40% fat, 40% protein and 20% carbs. Um, so that just the higher fat content my body has to learn to digest and um, use them fats a lot better. So, yeah, I just have like a higher fat diet and um, just try and keep my carbs down low. But the when I do my bigger days, so like throughout the week, I'll like add extra carbs into certain spots to compensate, especially because I'm cycling at the same time. So if I do like – so today I did a longer run and yesterday I did a hard cycle. So the day before I made sure I had enough carbs that I could use them up in the cycle and not chew through too much fat and then that way there'd be enough fat stores left around for today um, that I could learn to digest them, even though that you're not going to burn through all your fat in like, what did I even say, like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. You're not going to burn through all your fat. But, yeah, you do need to like um, be more fat-orientated for endurance work because like like you look at triathlons, they go for like two, three, four hours and all these longer runs like uh, like ultramarathons and marathons, they go for like three, three, three to 20 hours, you know what I mean? So you need to be able to process your, your fats in your bodies. Yeah, that's right. And, that, yeah, as you said before, like there's – I think it's about – and everybody's different, but it's about four to 500 um, uh, cal- calories worth of, um, which is about what 2200 kilojoules worth of carbohydrate you can store, and then you obviously move over into the fat burning stage. Um, and it's it's good to be able to. Um, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people struggle with that. I guess that adaption phase because particularly most of our diets are carbohydrate orientated. Like it is hard to get on the fat service, but I'm sure there's like a. You probably felt like once you started to really hone in on that, you probably felt less of a drop off because obviously a carbohydrate is such a fast burning uh, metabolite that when you went in, when you didn't have enough fats, you're like, man, like I feel really good for 20 or 30 minutes, and then I just hit that wall and I can't get through it. And then you sort of adjust and you go into the fat um, processing stage, and it's like, all right, I can't go, I can't go a hunt. And that's kind of the beautiful thing about trial running and that sort of thing. Like you're not running a flat service, so you've got to be able to adapt, but 
you probably I'd imagine you probably felt yourself being able to just sort of find that that flow state a little bit easier and like all right I can this is where I need to be running out because I can hit this consistently and I can hit this well um, yeah. yeah yeah well you, you the, I guess the aim is like of course you're going to get more tired but you don't want to see like a, a very steep decline yeah. in your energy levels like yeah. maybe maybe you, you you'll be able to notice your muscles aren't aren't up to what they were at the start of the run but your energy levels you should still be feeling pretty good um and that that means you you know you know your body's knowing how to process these fats and carbs because um in in the way they need to be processed like you see like people might go out for a you know a run or something like that and if they've got a very carb heavy diet like you said like you know they might crash well early because there's just not enough fats in their system to push them Pushing it's a slower burning, slower burning metabolite as well, so your body isn't able to access it quicker. And particularly if you're not, um, if you're not, um, your body's not acclimated to processing it, then it's sort of just like running on nothing. And that's when you all of a sudden get lightheaded. It's like, oh, what are we going to do here? Mm. Um, and yeah, like there is a there is a real, and I've heard I've read heard read studies and heard people that have gone ketogenic for long distance. Um, and that's a little bit controversial as well. It's just everybody's body is different and how you adapt. But certainly that kind of, I, I guess there's certain people that probably prefer a, almost a fat and protein only diet because then they just feel like if I don't mess with carbohydrates at all, I don't have to muck around with it. But I'm sure you can t- test this like in a, in a, in like a high intensity or high anxiety um, sort of race. Like you start off quick, like this, you might want to, you might want to try to get into your rhythm quick, but you've got to go like that first 20 or 30 minutes. You've got to hit your stride quickly and you've got to like, you get into it. Then, so if you're not, you've got to be able to do both for sure. Like I think just being keto is like, it's probably a little bit short sided, but well, um, uh, yeah, uh, like it's a something controversial. The, um, uh, Zach Bitter, he's a American runner. He ran yeah. the fastest hundred mile, uh, run he done it in like sub 12 hours i think yeah, 11 I hours Rogan, 20 or something such a yeah podcast well he he's very very low carb if if not any most of the time i think he doesn't have carbs he's like just proteins and fats yeah. um i don't think he follows ketogenic very strictly he's just very low on carbohydrates but he said he does add them in from time to time but like for majority of the time he's doing that and like if you can keep up that that uh, kind of uh, physical aspect with that kind of diet like you know good on him like go for it so yeah well that's right and yeah he's obviously found that it's going to be um work for him and yeah he's one of the best i mean what he did what it was like a 10 hours or 11 hours he ran 100 that was just unbelievable mm. i was like the pace he had to keep right it was like something just stupid it was like a near sprint mm. for the whole time yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what it's like. But like, maybe a little disclaimer. Like, I'm not trying to say that carbs are bad. Like, definitely, nah, definitely no consume way. carbs <laughs> if you're doing like high <laughs> high intensity work, like lifting weights yeah, and things. Most like, definitely, carbs are great for that. But if you're trying to do something long and endurance based, like fats are the way to go. Yeah, they're so calorically dense. So for like every gram of fat you have, there's nine calories, and every gram of carbohydrate you have. Same with protein, there's only four, so your body can hold more. Obviously, you store fat in your body as well. Um, but I guess that just sort of bleeds into that kind of educational aspect of it and how deep you want to go into it. Like if you want to, if you just sort of want to get by and do well, or do you actually want to go in and do as best as you can, you kind of can learn that. And you don't know, that's a beautiful thing about the resources we have now. Like you can just go in and 
you can just go in and learn a lot of this stuff online. You can you can listen to podcasts or you can read a little bit from people who have done it and then you can follow it like that. But uh, Yeah, well, you've got the world of information at your fingertips these days. So, like, to, I think that's why there's such a slippery slope when you start to do something for fun and it ends up becoming so serious because it's just like you learn, you learn, you learn and you want to get better and better and better and you have access to all this information it stops becoming fun so i think that's why you know you really need to just double check yourself as well like even though there is all this information and you can make so much progress don't forget why you started it yeah well that's right yeah you're going to get get lost in can definitely get lost in it and um you have to and that's where you can kind of burn out i guess like you can go from really loving something like that you kind of maybe forget why and that's why it's so important to and i've actually one thing that I've actually enjoyed about the last couple of weeks is even though it's kind of forced, um, even though it's kind of forced us to kind of take a bit of a chill, like my body, I was doing sort of 14 or 15 high intensity classes a week just because I wanted to be there as often as possible. I was obviously started taking classes. So I wanted to learn as much as I could. And my body, like my legs in particular, have t- taken a beating to the point where I actually needed some of this time off. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of been a really nice element. And I feel like I'm going to come back even better now. Yeah. Um, do you do you have like do you have like set training blocks or do you just like train like like do you know what i mean like do you take like like a week on and then like maybe a week easy or like two weeks on and a week easy or something like that yeah so for me i i guess i go a little bit with how i'm feeling um i because i do because i do kind of have issues with my right leg i had club foot as a kid that sort of thing so i do have to kind of be a little bit more visual of it but i i generally will go like two weeks pretty hard so we'll have um so we'll have we have our classes in the morning and then afternoon and then the work i'm doing so probably i'll go sort of the first two weeks of the month i'll go pretty hard like in terms of my in terms of weight bearing i I don't generally train to 100 percent anymore i don't do a lot of fowler sets or anything like that but i will i will kind of get my heart rate as high as possible so i will do as many reps with like interval training it's just about hitting as many reps as you can so for those sort of two weeks i'll go as hard as i can and then that last week still want to train hard and still want to set a good example for everyone and that's maybe been a little bit of my downfall in the gym like i've kind of wanted to i wanted to be the person who's doing the most reps and doing the most laps that i kind of push myself too hard but yeah generally it's like the first couple of weeks of the month let's go as hard as i can that third week will play it by hand if i've got a little bit more in the tank i can do it and then that last week is just like cut my classes in half that maybe the class times I was going to go in, I'll stretch or I'll just take my dogs for a walk and then kind of just relax like that. But then it's just like anything. If Sometimes, some days I'm like, all right, I'm just going to relax. It'll get to like four o'clock. I start getting my itch. I'm like, oh, I'll just go in and train harder than I should. So, but it's, do, yeah. you, do you do anything in particular nutrition-wise to keep up with the training? Yeah, so I eat. So I, I, for a while, I I my probably for most of last year my goal was to lose weight so i was in a caloric deficit for most of last year i was probably eating average anywhere from 16 to 1800 calories a day so i was generally fasting to about one or two o'clock in the morning uh, sorry one or two o'clock during the day so i trained in the morning i wouldn't eat till about one o'clock i'd have like a steak a little bit of veggies then i'd go pretty hard at night but i'd try to keep it below 2000 and now i've kind of I went into a bit of like a reverse dieting phase now. Um, so I'll eat, I'll have my, like I'll, I'm not fasting anymore. So I'll eat before I actually train in the morning. So I'll have just like have some fruit or have um, usually just carb focused, a little bit of, a little bit of, um, a little bit of like a 
kitty cereal like I'll get like a clean cereal or something like that and then I'll I'll do that and then I'll come back in the afternoon and then I'll eat my big meal during the day and then I'll have a, a light dinner but I'm kind of having 24 2500 calories in the night time so I've actually found that I've been able to push a little bit harder now because I'm not focused on losing weight like I don't want to lose any more weight um, but yeah it was maybe that's probably what kind of hurt me a little bit too because I was so focused like my main goal was to drop this weight like to kind of not get the abs but i just knew i needed to take the weight off so i was like in a caloric deficit always then i'm like oh shit i need to kind of lean back but yeah now i'm just kind of being a little bit smarter with my windows and um and i'm not fasting as aggressively anymore i still will from time to time but i was kind of probably just burning the wick a little bit too hard as well Yeah, yeah i definitely i definitely understand that one like i went i had like a similar story there is i went from like when i first started everything that I'm doing now, it just went from like trying to lose a bit of weight. And once I lost the weight I wanted to lose, it was, um, I just kept going with it. I just kept keeping the deficit and then yeah, I got yeah. into triathlons and things like that. And like I was making progress, but nothing like what I've made in the last year. And yeah. it's really in the last year that I've sort of had to re rechange that goal and like change the goal to, um, providing adequate nutrition for the body rather than you know worrying about how i look um so but in in the benefit of burning the amount of calories a day that i do is that like uh, it's 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 almost getting to the point where i'm 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 struggling to eat yeah, the amount of food yeah. yeah that's a funny place to be in because it's almost like it almost goes back on everything you've ever learned um so yeah like you could almost get away with that extra like you can't get too crazy but you get away with that extra feed and particularly your like the rate that you guys are pushing it at and for the, the length of time you guys are pushing it at probably burning upwards of a thousand calorie of a workout like you yeah you seriously and you know particularly if you are lean and pretty skinny like you you physically can't eat four or five thousand calories a day like it feels too hard and I actually found I actually found I had to break a little bit of a psychological barrier that I had like I didn't want to leave my caloric deficit because I was I'd been so I'd felt mentally I'd felt so shit about the way I looked like I had to get out of that stage and got myself into a better physical stage that I didn't actually want to go back I'm like oh man if I let myself eat a bit more I'm going to go slip, yeah. slide back in so it's kind of like a bit of retraining of that element too but but that's all part of the learning process, eh? Yeah, it really, really takes over your mind when you get into that. And you can see how people like can develop such unhealthy eating habits, especially when it comes around like how you look. Like losing weight is good um, as long as it's not too much. And like you can see how people can take it way too far. Like it's a slippery slope and to try and get out of it, it's it's it almost becomes like an addiction. Like you've I, totally I've heard right. people yeah. Yeah. like yeah. it's just like you're always just focused on like I can't eat too much i can't eat this i don't want to eat that and then yeah so to break all that it's it's it, quite a struggle yeah it's and it's not sustainable you know like i've i've even me That's personally right. i've yeah. had those moments you know when i was so annoyed with how i looked and i wasn't satisfied you know i need to i need to work on this and this i need to lose weight and to get shredded this that and you know i jump on these strict diets just like I'm talking strict, like basic, uh, like chicken and vegetables. That's literally all I ate because that's what I was told is what you're meant to eat to to shred down and, and get you know cut and whatnot. That's like being so I, I, I fed into that. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I literally ate chicken and rice, and you know, believe it or not, I did get shredded. Yeah, but it wasn't sustainable. I couldn't hold that diet forever. You know, I, it's 
I'm, I was eventually going to like get over it and then start putting on weight again. So it's an unhealthy, it's an unhealthy um, eating habit, eating routine to have, you know, when, yeah. when you fall into something like that, as Tim said, it's, it's really, really unhealthy and it could lead to so many more worse things. You know? Yeah. Well, the long-term effects, like there's a high level um, athlete, her name's Amelia Boone. She does like ultra marathons, but she was like a top class Spartan race, like the obstacle course runners. And she only recently came out yeah. um, about the fact that she had um, eating disorders and um, it caused like long-term bone problems. I think it was like bone density problems and things. And she's like, yeah. so there was like a big period of time where she had to take off and and um like you know sort of sort herself out there but it you know i think it takes a lot of courage for like athletes especially because diet is such a intricate part of you know what they do and the paradigm of who they are um so it, it can be difficult yeah and to know someone like that had dealt with it is um yeah less you know than anyone can and like the new also the new it's just like when you eat so if you eat too much food your body because your body's so focused on having to break the food down, it actually doesn't extract the nutrients it needs out of it. So people can get disorders and deficiencies from that way. It's the same if you're not eating enough food. Even if you're like I felt like I was eating a relatively good diet, like I was having plenty of protein, good quality protein. Um, any carbohydrates I was having was um, like uh, complex carbohydrates, not simple, was not a lot of sugars, but I just wasn't getting enough nutrients. So it's, you physically can't get your iron and your calcium and all your vitamins by not eating enough. But that sort of um, that sort of like demon that was like oh I, I literally just felt like I had a voice in the back of my head was oh you're gonna get fat again so don't fucking eat that you're gonna get like that's how, that's what it got for me so it was just like I mean it's the it is I can speak about it now because I don't have it anymore I mean I do still have it like, it's almost a good thing you don't want to lose that completely because then you just go into the fucking bakery and eat seven pies and just <laughs> see you later um, but I felt like it was a, a really good learning phase for me and then for me now I feel like I can help people out not just in terms of exercise which I still feel very weak and uneducated on in terms of what I want to know but like nutritionally I feel like I can help people out because I went through like that demon I went through like that personal phase of putting on a lot of weight and not feeling good about myself and then putting the weight off and then even getting the other end of the spectrum so that's how yeah. I definitely, I definitely like encourage people if they do have this kind of problem to reach out to someone like close to them and talk to them about it because like having a food disorder is such a hard thing to overcome because you literally need to eat like to survive. Um, it's not like it's not like a drug disorder or something where like if you go to rehab and you can clear it out of your system, it's better. Like yeah, yeah. like after you go to rehab for a food disorder, you have to get back in and you ha and you're still eating. So um, I I, yeah, I I always encourage if I you know anyone out there has something like this, like you need to sort it out and like just talk to someone who you think you can you know confide in, and even if it's just to confide in for a while and. And until you can, you know, build up the courage to actually make a move about it. But, yeah, it's a hard thing. That's a great point. Heck of a point. All right, fuck, boys, that's been an hour and ten minutes. That shit flies by like no tomorrow, especially when we get in the weeds of it. And it's a it's a good thing that we've started for sure, and I'm fucking happy that we've done that. So thanks so much, Timmy. That was really awesome, brother. No worries. Good to be on. Yeah, awesome. You too, Tezza, mate, the silent assassin, mate. I'm so proud of – I've told you this before, but I'm so proud of <laughs> who you've become and the person you're becoming, mate. So love, lovely that you're a part of it, dude. Yeah, I just want to drop in Thanks, the bro. fact that like the amount of time that Terence has been yeah, spending in, yeah. the, in the water, man. Like I was there the day that he was trying to 
um, start to learn to swim and the the progress he made it, it it wasn't just by talent man like he was putting hours and hours into the pool and yep. so yeah really good effort that's beautiful to hear thanks boys right. appreciate anything it. else to add my friend Tessa um well nothing really I think anything we covered covered everything we to talk about it was uh really good yeah beautiful all right happy days boys this has been the first episode of the fitness lab. Glad you've joined us. Um, yeah, I can't wait to do a few more of these. You boys have a good one. Uh, God bless and uh, give your mum a kiss for me. Mwah. No worries. Speak to you next time. See you, boys. See you later.